Hi everyone, I'm Alice. I'm an ER doctor and I have come to know that laughter and joy are the best medicine. On this podcast, I highlight joy in order to share some of this medicine with you. I'll be talking with different people about their joy, which inspires us to our own. Hi, everyone. Today, I am thrilled to be talking with Dr. Alexandra Stockwell. She is truly a wonderful person who I have really enjoyed getting to know. Dr. Stockwell is a luxury love and intimacy mentor known as the Intimacy Doctor. She specializes in showing couples how to build a beautiful, long-lasting, passionate relationship. She's the best-selling author of Uncompromising Intimacy and host of the highly acclaimed The Marriage Podcast. For over 20 years, Alexandra has shown men and women how to bring pleasure and purpose into all aspects of life, from the daily grind of running a household to clear and intimate communication to aesthetic experiences in the bedroom. Alexandra has been featured in the Huffington Post, Rolling Stone, USA Today, Cosmopolitan, Business Insider, Fox News, NYC, and many other publications. I find Alexandra, but after all of that, I, she's just down to earth, practical, has a kind and open way of interacting that is very refreshing and creates a safe space. And I'm so excited to talk with her today. Hi, Alexandra. Hi, Alice. It's such a pleasure. I feel really honored to be here. Thank you so much for being here. So your work is all about helping people find more joy. You help people to find intimacy and passion in their relationships. And I just, I'm so curious, what led you to do this work? Well, thank you for the question. And I'll share my story, but I guess I want to say as someone who coaches couples on relationships that often people think, oh, people are on the verge of divorce or having a lot of conflict, they're having a bad time. And then I serve them and help them get back to things being good and normal and harmonious. And while I have those skills, Mm -hmm. what I am super excited about and really my practice is devoted to is to helping couples who get along, they love one another, things typically look good on the outside, but there's so much possibility for more joy, more emotional joy, more sensual joy, really going from pretty good to absolutely outstanding and fantastic. And I say that because that's really what my story is as well. Mm -hmm. I was very driven, ambitious, motivated, did everything I was supposed to. And by the time I was in my mid thirties, I was a practicing holistic family doctor. I had my own small practice north of Boston. Mm -hmm. I was married to the love of my life and we had three of our four children. I'd actually already paid off my sizable medical school loans. And Mm -hmm. so we just had a mortgage and one another. And I thought having achieved all of the things that had been goals of mine, that I would feel wonderful. I would feel full of joy. I, I'm, 
I'm a realist. I knew there would be challenges in my life, but that overall, what I had worked for, I would now be able to enjoy. There'd be new growth, new learning, new challenges, but I had worked to get to this point. And while I was not depressed, I was not burnt out. I was a perfectly cheerful person. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't feel satisfied. I didn't feel the kind of joy that is magnetic and fuels purpose and vision and creativity. And not everyone strives for that, but I had put everything in place so that I expected that at that point, that to have all of the things I had striven for, strived for, accomplished, and things just relatively felt a little dull and not unpleasant, but not full of joy and passion. And so if I had been in another phase of my life, I might have done this differently. But in my mid-30s, I anticipated another four or five decades of living this way. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I wanted more joy, more more satisfaction, more passion. That's how I am. And I didn't get why I didn't feel it. So I took a sabbatical from my medical practice. Mm -hmm. And while still parenting my three children, making dinner, making sure the house was set and so forth, in the time that I had, I gave myself permission to just do what I felt like doing. And some days it wasn't much of anything. Some days I'd sit by the river near us. I took a dance class. I took a painting class. And one thing led to another. I did some conventional things and some very unconventional things I wouldn't have anticipated. Mm -hmm. Like I went to the School of Womanly Arts in New York City. Oh, wow. I, I just gave myself permission not to need a reason, not to restrict myself to doing the things that would get me closer to some explicit goal. Mm -hmm. And one thing led to another. And I took a, a very extensive and in-depth training in sensuality and sexuality because I wanted more joy, more vitality, more intimate connection with my husband. And so I went all in when I found a place I don't mean that as a pun. I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I did. I, I went fully into it when I found a place to train. This place okay. doesn't exist anymore. Okay. But at the time, it was both for lay people and it was a certification and training for coaches. Okay. And so I didn't really know what a coach was at the time. But I thought, well, this is being taught. Let me go see what the teaching labs are all about. And I did some practice coaching and I just, I felt like I'd come home. I, I wouldn't have been able to articulate it before, but a lot of what had me go into medicine in the first place to mm -hmm. serve people and help them live more full and meaningful lives, mm -hmm. I... I was receiving the tools to the, the keys to the kingdom. And so once my own marriage went from good to absolutely extraordinary, 
I wanted to devote my professional life to showing other couples how to do that because there's a huge need. And the main thing lacking is education. I really believe that having a fantastic relationship is a learnable skill. And the issue is finding someone who will teach you. So I have become that teacher. And that is what brings me to this conversation about joy. That is so awesome. So it sounds like you had to actually step off of your path, just follow your joy, follow your bliss. And then it kind of led you back onto a path. You may not have known where it was going or where it was going to end up, but you had to give yourself that time to just follow in the moment, whatever brought you joy. And then you could restart on a different path in a different way. I absolutely did. And the way that I think of it, which is very complimentary to what you've said, is that there are parts of myself that I needed to bring to light and reconnect with. Mm -hmm. And they were only available off the beaten path. In fact, there's this great quote from Steve Jobs who says, in, it's only in hindsight that you can connect all of the dots. It's not a verbatim quote, uh, but that's the basic idea. And I feel like while I was enrolling in this program, for example, it felt a little bit like bushwhacking through a jungle in terms of not really knowing. I mean, I sort of knew I was there, but I didn't yeah. really know why I was there. It wasn't the mm. kind of place I would have found myself typically. Right. right. And it, it just wasn't clear, but in hindsight, it was the most direct route to get me to where I am. And I love where I am and I'm in the place I need to be and I'm glad to be. Yes. Oh yes. I can tell that. I can hear it when you speak. It sounds (laughs) (laughs) you love what you're doing. (laughs) That's so awesome. So you work with people and I'm curious to know what patterns you've noticed or seen in your work that keep people from experiencing more joy in their lives or in their relationships. What, what kind of things have you come to understand or see as patterns? And how do you help once you've identified them? How do you help people move past it? Yeah, I'll answer that. But I will say that what I have come to see is the most common problem. It's not what people call me wanting to work on. People okay. will call me because they want better communication, more emotional connection with their partner or have more frequent and more fulfilling sensual intimacy. And I absolutely help with that. However, in terms of the question as you asked it, I think the most important thing is for each person in the couple Mm -hmm. to truly accept and love who they are and open and reveal that to their partner Mm -hmm. and simultaneously receive and welcome all of who the partner is. And in a relationship where both people accept and love themselves and learn how to love and accept their partner, well, Mm -hmm. the most incredible magic happens because I think one of the main blocks to intimacy and the kind of joy that is singularly available in long-term romantic relationships Mm -hmm a prerequisite is being self-aware and self-accepting and self-loving. In fact, this is not exactly what you were asking about, but 
nowadays it's very trendy to talk about the importance of self-care yes and self-care is very important but i really like to say it's not just for you self-care makes you a better partner and sometimes people resist it it's like oh how can I be selfish, take the time for myself? Well, if you take the time to be connected and in, connected with and embrace yourself, yes, you are a better partner. Yes. Well, if you don't love yourself, you really don't have anything to give. You yes, which is very straightforward for us to speak about. <laughs> but when in action, Mm-hmm. when navigating a relationship with someone you love, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem as straightforward as it does in this conversation right now. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, well, it's important. I hear what you're saying to help them reconnect to themselves. You can't really reconnect to another unless you reconnect to yourself. So once you've done that, then you can uh, move forward and find your own joy and then find your joy in the relationship. Absolutely. And just to be more clear, Mm -hmm. reconnecting with yourself and accepting yourself, it includes knowing how you feel and taking responsibility for that, knowing what you want, knowing how you want someone to speak with you. That's all part of getting to know and accept yourself. And once you know, learning how to request that, how to ask for what you desire. So if you want to be if you feel just dissatisfied and you want more joy and you don't have it, then one of the first things to do is think, okay, well, how do I really feel? Mm -hmm. How do I want to feel? Yes. And how am I going to close that gap? And if the answer has to do with someone else, not to say the way you're talking with me, it just doesn't work. That's not going to go anywhere. To instead say to your partner, I'd really love if you spoke to me in such and such a way. Mm -hmm. And I want to point out, there's no blame that they didn't already know. Mm -hmm. There's no arrogance or haughtiness. It's just saying what you want so that your partner can win with you. Mm -hmm. And that is definitely a recipe for joy. Yeah, I love it. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. <laughs> so, <true. laughs> so okay we've been talking about joy I, i'm curious to know how you define joy do you feel like it's a thought a feeling an action all three something else you know this isn't strictly a definition i would say more of a description but i truly experience joy as a quality of relating like Joy is one of the flavors for how I can relate to myself and Mm -hmm. other people and the world around me. And um, when you and I have spoken before, I've likened it to a language that just as we can speak English and we can speak any other language. I mean, I can't. I can speak German. I can't speak. (laughs) Theoretically, I can speak another language, let me say. (laughs) But Joy is like that. Okay. We, we can discuss any topic. Yes. And if we discuss it with joy, mm-hmm. then it's one kind of a communication. We can discuss that same topic with sorrow, with neutrality. Okay. And so as often as possible, I want to be speaking joy while 
discussing and experiencing whatever is arising. Yes. Oh, that's beautifully said. We are human and we do like to relate. So part of it is in what brings us joy as humans is relating to others. So I love that you said that. Yes. (laughs) That's what makes us human. (laughs) So, okay. So what brings you joy? When do you feel the most joy? I feel the most joy when I am having meaningful conversations with other people. And honestly, it really doesn't even matter what the topic is, as long as it's meaningful for both of us in that moment. I am experiencing joy with all of the different conversations you and I have had today, including this one that others can listen to. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, awesome. Uh, That's great. Okay. I'd love to hear a story. If you can tell us a story about a fun time that you've had with your family or on vacation or in your business, if you could share something. Yeah. Let me take a moment because I think when I think of a time of joy with my family, it most often includes laughter and My family, it's my husband and me, and we have four children with a pretty big age range. So my oldest is 24 and my youngest is nine. Okay. And that means that ever since my oldest was um, eight or so, Mm -hmm. that in any conversation, there are multiple conversations going on because my husband and I are speaking and we have one understanding of one another. And then my 24-year-old, she understands what's happening. She doesn't necessarily catch everything my husband and I are saying to one another with the nuance and the way we mean it, but she catches a lot. And then there's my nine-year-old's understanding. And so, and then um, 15, 22, and there's something just totally delicious and magical that happens. It's always spontaneous where one person says something and it's understood in different ways by the other people. And we all just start laughing and then seeing the joy and pleasure that one person has leads to another. And it really is like the phenomenon of a pandemic, but instead of disease, it's joy, it's laughter, it's connection. And then we'll laugh again at how uh-huh. laughed and how the whole thing unfolded. And so it's really hard to encapsulate. There's no specific Mm -hmm. recipe. Mm -hmm. It just requires all of us to be open, to connect in that way and Mm -hmm. engage in the joy channel. Yeah. I love what you said and how you described it because it gave me a picture of how infectious infectious joy is. It just spreads. One person has it and it just spreads out. (laughs) Yes. And actually, I want to say something about that because in a lot of contexts, the cultural norm or the kind of societal understanding is that when someone is sad, Mm -hmm. everyone else tempers their positive feelings so as not to upset and be considerate of the sad person. And Mm -hmm. there are times when that's appropriate. Mm -hmm. If someone has just heard about the death of a loved one, for example, we want to be kind and calibrate to their sorrow. But there are lots of times where someone just 
kind of moves through life complaining. It's how they mm -hmm. connect with people and they're yeah. a downer. Mm -hmm. And in that scenario, it takes intention and courage to have the stronger personality and let joy be the standard. Why not have the downer person meet me in my joy? Yes. And our conditioning <laughs> yes. is to calibrate to the downer energy. Yes. And I have chosen, not when it's a matter of being insensitive, but mm -hmm. honestly, when it serves everybody. Yes. To aim to maintain my joy and positivity. Mm -hmm. So that anyone who wants to join me in that can do that rather than me joining someone in that energy. But that takes intention because yeah. that is not a societal norm. Although no. I fully believe that what you're bringing with this podcast can help make it more standard. Yes, I would love that because I think you're absolutely right on when you say that's kind of a culture norm and what we do. And I also think it's some of it is training it's like you said that's the cultural norm and it's kind of what we get used to so it's like we don't even even think about the fact that we're doing it so I like your point about intentionality you have to say oh wait a minute <laughs> I'm doing that again and make a different choice and say oh no I want people to come up I don't want to go down and meet them and said if appropriate like you said I don't want to go down I want them to come up with me <laughs> yes exactly and you know I think we're familiar with this in terms of mammals and who's the alpha like yes dog yes. lions like someone's the alpha and sure the alpha may be the stronger bigger creature but also there's an energy to it and but alpha implies kind of dominating everyone else it's hierarchical yes and so i take that as inspiration but only in part because what i'm really talking about is being a non-hierarchical alpha bringing joy and sometimes i'm the one with lower energy and if yes. someone else has joy I'm grateful and take yes. the opportunity to surrender to their alpha invitation to yes. be more joyful. <laughs> that is so well said. Yes, I love that analogy. I think you're right on. <laughs> and that is one of the things I was hoping to do with the podcast is I recognize that we don't have enough joy. We don't seem to spend a lot of time. We may get there and enjoy it for a while and then go back to our routine or whatever. And I just thought, well, wouldn't it be a nice thing if we could just make the joy, the fun, the laughter more of a norm in our lives. And like, that's the, how we usually are. And the other stuff is maybe, you know, spend less time there if possible. So <laughs> I really love that because I think also, unless someone has made it basically a spiritual practice that the feeling of joy can feel random. And yes, yes. Um, that I mean, part of it is random. And what I described before is with my family, that is spontaneous. Mm -hmm. But being spontaneous is really different than random. Yes. Because random feels like I don't have any control. It's going to come or it's not. And spontaneous means that I'm moving through my life receptive and responsive yes. and enthusiastic when there's some joy to respond to. Yes. From within yes. me or someone else. Yes. 
Yes. And along with that, since you brought it up, it was one of the things I wanted to ask you. Oh, okay, if good. you can recall a time where you just erupted into spontaneous laughter, if you just couldn't control it, it just came out of you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's funny for me to answer that, especially after the piece about it not being random. Do you know that childhood game called Ha? I don't. Okay, well, it is something that my family does sometimes, and it is so silly, and it seems so ridiculous at first, and it always leads to the kind of eruption of laughter you're talking about. So I think I may have learned it at summer camp, honestly, uh, 40 years ago. But what it is, is people lie down on the floor, Mm -hmm. and one person puts their head on another person's belly and then that person puts their head on another person's belly so you basically form a circle you need at least three people okay preferably more and it can be as big as you want but anyway there's a circle of people connected with a head on someone's belly and then you go around the circle the first person says ha and of course when they do it causes the person's belly to the the head on the belly to rise when they right. say ha okay and then the next person <laughs> says ha ha and then the next person says it three times ha okay. ha ha and if you just add a ha inevitably everyone ends up laughing yes. because this compounded effect because your head is rising because you can feel <laughs> the other person laughing on their belly it is guaranteed hysterical cost-free and so much fun I love that (laughs) I am going to have to put that in the show notes (laughs) 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 and recommend that to everyone oh my gosh that's awesome I love that I'm gonna try it (laughs) yeah and you know as soon as a child is big enough to hold a head on their belly or you don't have to put the full weight like it, anyone of any age, it is so ridiculously fun. And at first it seems like such a weird thing to do, Yeah. but then it catches on and it is so funny. Yeah. And once you're at that vibration, everybody's vibrations lifted and laughing. I think it's so easy to, to continue. It's sometimes, like you said, it has to build or get started, but once you're there. Exactly. 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 <laughs> oh, I love it. Thank you for that. <laughs> Okay, so we've talked about things that make you um, feel joy. What about a time when you were feeling feeling down? Um, is there something that works for you to bring you back up? A change of mindset, a thought, an event, or how do you kind of go from maybe down to back up? Uh, I'm going to share what comes to mind, which really is a very important part of my story as well which is before I took my sabbatical from medicine and went in this whole direction of intimacy coaching, I remember very clearly the day my daughter turned nine. She's the oldest of my four, the others are boys. And when she turned nine, she was so full of joy and radiance and feminine power and delight. I mean, she really, to me, 
was the epitome of joy and had been. But the day she turned nine, Mm -hmm. it made this really big impression on me because I saw her. And on the one hand, as her mother, Mm -hmm. I was thrilled. And inside, Mm -hmm. I freaked out. Because when I was nine, my parents were getting divorced and I instantly saw two things. Mm -hmm. One is that I had disconnected from some of my own joy when I was nine Mm -hmm. and I hadn't ever reconnected to it. Mm -hmm. And as someone who had studied child development extensively, I knew she was nine and she had this joy, but if she was going to live in my home with me another nine years until she was 18 and went to college, Mm -hmm. if I didn't reconnect with my own joy, there was no way that she could sustain her joy Uh because I'm her mother. She's going to be deeply influenced by me as the other woman in the house and her mother. And I, what really motivated me to go on this journey of reconnecting with growing, cultivated, and, and tapping into my joy was not wanting to burden my daughter oh. with having to reconnect with hers in the future. Oh, wow. Okay. So in terms of when I'm down, how do I bring myself back? Mm-hmm. There's the one answer which took years mm-hmm. from that observation to my becoming a juicy, joyful woman. And I am, <laughs> but I wasn't then. <laughs> so I, I really want to emphasize that our children learn from us. And Absolutely. So this was really important to me. Now, if I'm feeling down now, Mm-hmm. And I want to reconnect with my joy, which is really the question you are asking, but I wanted to provide that other context. Um, the main thing that I do, which is miraculous, is I slow down. And I find that when I'm not connected with my joy, probably my thoughts and my actions definitely my thoughts and often, but not always my actions are moving much faster than my feelings. Mm -hmm. And so when I slow down and I breathe more deeply, I might very gently just touch, you know, move my arm on Mm -hmm. my, my hand on my other forearm Mm -hmm. and just take the time to really reconnect with how I feel, no matter how I feel. Mm -hmm. Then I feel caught up with myself and it's typically for me, having done work for this to be the case, once I slow down and connect with myself, it's a very simple pivot to be tapped into joy again. Mm -hmm. I love that. It's the simplest things that can work the most effectively. That is so beautiful. (laughs) Yes, I'm a huge fan of discretion and practicality. So I don't want to have to go take a three-hour hike in order to 
tap back into my joy. It just, that's not practical or to take a nap. I want the things that I can do. If I'm in a meeting, Mm -hmm. I can do this. I can even touch my arm under the table. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can slow down my breathing and feel my connection with myself and nobody knows the difference. Yes. That's the kind of thing I love. Yes. Yes. It's a total inside job. A total inside job with benefits on the outside for all. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, that's awesome. That's another thing. I got to put that in the show notes. That's a great <laughs> You're full of gems, Alexandra. You're full of gems. <laughs> Oh, good. Okay. All right. So I also wanted to ask, I think you, and this is okay if you already answered this, but I'm going to put it this way. So what kind of things do you do that puts you in a state of flow just where you feel easy? Because joy, I think when we're happy, things go better. We can, we're more productive. Um, Things are easier. So is there things that you do to get yourself in that state before maybe you start your day or before you have meetings or any kind of practices you can share? I totally believe in morning routines. Mm -hmm. I just haven't had a consistent one in a long time. I just with, I've had young children for many, many, many years, more than the, and so I, I like that idea, but Mostly the way that I personally do it is I feel like the main impediment to joy is sort of a backlog of thoughts, feelings, and that all turns into resentment. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not feeling joyful in the short term, I just slow down in the way that I described. But for me, if I just journal and I don't need a journal prompt. It doesn't okay. even have to make sense. If I just start writing, I see that cup on my desk and it makes me mad. Like that's what just came out as I just, like as soon as I tap into the permission to say whatever I want to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this phenomenon, which is so fascinating and so real is I can say some of the, darkest things just write them out Mm -hmm. and then I'm free to feel joy it's like I really think of it as as like a cleansing process almost like um you know we we enjoy eating we take in all kinds of experiences that good bad anything else Mm -hmm. and then it's digested and I without being graphic, I just feel like I need a way to get it out just like happens with food where then we go to the bathroom that I sometimes need to just journal and then I'm left feeling free to do this. I also am just a massive fan of baths, which are a little bit too hot Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that functions the same way too. It just like frees me of resentments and clogged up thinking. And then um, I feel like I, I've, I've coached, I've gotten coaching, I've done all kinds of personal growth work. So my mm-hmm. natural baseline is more joyful. Mm-hmm. And I'm just moving out of the way the blocks to it. Okay. 
Okay. I want to, I want to highlight the baths. I'm a huge fan of baths. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're a miracle, right? (laughs) You get in the bath and five minutes later, I feel different. Even though if I had a challenge, there's nothing different, but I feel different. And I think there's so many elements to it. Yeah. Temperature is important. It doesn't have to be too hot, but no, no, it it's important. But for competent women like you and me, it is so supportive. Yes, like to feel mm-hmm. uh, without going too far. It's like we get to feel supported and held in the water, like yeah. floating. Yeah, is this amazing experience rather than continuing to carry more stuff. Yes. And I think also it's the slowing down that you were speaking of earlier in the bath. You just slow right down. (laughs) And it's amazing when you do that, what kind of things can come in or not come in. And I think that's the healing and the rejuvenating part of it is just being that peace at that peaceful baseline and just resting there is so amazing. (laughs) Yes. And I want to make a plug for not taking the phone into the bath. Oh, no. Yes. Yes, but that is important to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Nothing, no telephone, no distraction, just rest. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love no. that we have that in common. Yes. I, oh my gosh, I love my paths. They are life saving. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yes. Oh, I feel you on that for sure. Okay. So we've touched on a lot of things that you do that help you feel joyful times that you feel joyful how do you feel that feeling this joy of feeling good has helped you in your life and and to be more successful I feel like it functions kind of like salt which enhances food it it you wouldn't want to really eat salt by itself but everything is better with salt and I mean I'm fine having joy on its own but when I am feeling joyful, mm-hmm. I have more motivation mm-hmm. and any interaction with any other person, no matter what their state is, mm-hmm. is more successful. It's yes. more collaborative. Mm-hmm. And without it, everything is harder. Yeah. Yep. It smooths out a lot of edges, doesn't it, when we feel good? Yes, I think joy is the new lube. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) Yes. Or lube is the new joy. I mean, it could go joy predates lube, but you got the idea. Yes. (laughs) 100%. I love that. Right on. Perfect. (laughs) Oh, great. Okay, so do you have any tips maybe that you could give others that would help them to find their joy? You know, I really love how you asked that question, namely to help others to find their joy because even in phrasing it that way, it implies that it's a journey. Mm -hmm. And I really think that that is true. No matter how much joy you have, Mm there is a journey which will allow you to cultivate more. And I think of the journey as one of giving yourself permission, Mm -hmm. more Mm self-awareness and 
experiencing joy, it includes being open to new experiences. Mm -hmm. Rigidity is an antidote to joy. So being open yeah. to new experiences mm -hmm. while being true to yourself. Okay. And I feel like I want to say one more thing. It was in my mind. Um, actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create this on the spot. Okay. Um, I'm going to give a few journal prompts. Mm -hmm. So one is times I have experienced joy include... Okay. And then um, what brings me joy is okay. when I feel joyful, I. Okay. I think that's enough that if someone were to fill out those three prompts mm -hmm. once, but also on a regular basis, even daily, mm -hmm. the natural consequence will be more joy because when we have our attention on it, yes, we'll notice more opportunities to cultivate joy. Yes. Like attracts like. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's and awesome. You notice when your mind goes away from joy because if you've been journaling in response to those prompts, it will, you'll end up having very interesting dialogues with yourself. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Thank you. I'm going to, I'm going to write that down, make that part of my, I love journaling. So yeah, that's a, those are great questions. I'm going to add that to my, my practice. So thank you for that. You are so full of amazing tips. Alexandra. <laughs> I love having this conversation with you, Alice. And you know, one of the things I've been thinking about recently is how, and this is an interesting question for me when it comes to intellectual property, like is something mine or not mine? Because my experience is that so much arises mm -hmm. in a co-creative way. Like you asked me these questions mm -hmm. and then these answers arose. Uh -huh. And if someone else had even asked exactly the same questions, many of my answers would have been different. Like I just, ah. being in relationship is such a beautiful and mysterious and gratifying thing. And so I'm really, really grateful for your questions. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so grateful you are here. Oh gosh. This has been amazing. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> okay. Well, where can people find you and find out more about what you do and what you love doing and what you've shared and how can they find you? Oh, thank you for that. So my website is alexandrastockwell.com. I'm also on social media and I have a Facebook group called The Intimate Marriage with Alexandra Stockwell, MD. Anyone is welcome to join and have conversations like this and many others. Also my book uncompromising intimacy it's available on amazon and audible and if you're listening to this podcast and you'd like to start listening to another podcast please join me at the marriage podcast uh, there are many marriage podcasts so in looking for it you may need to put my name in so put in marriage podcast alexandra stockwell 
and we have conversations in great depth on these topics as it specifically relates to long-term committed, intimate, passionate relationships. Yeah, that's awesome. And I have listened to your podcast and learned a lot. So thank you very much for that. <laughs> oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> awesome. Anything else you want to add before we finish today? I'm just really grateful. And I think it's a beautiful thing to complete this conversation feeling more joy than when we started. Thank you. Me too. Like I said, I could talk to you all day. <laughs> I just love it when, when we're able to connect around things that feel good. So thank you for being here, Alexandra. Thank you for all the work that you do. God bless you. Love you. Mwah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I have really loved having this conversation. And please join me in the next one. Mwah.